Transcribed from Mutual. Midnight brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, with the makers of Ovaltine, America's favorite food drink. Now, have you heard the news? The news about that marvelous new two-piece bright-colored shake-up mug Captain Midnight has for you? That big, handsome, two-in-one shaker-upper you use to make ice-cold chocolatey shake-ups to drink every day? Well, sir, Captain Midnight has one for you almost as a gift. And listen... It's something you want to stand in for tonight, for sure. Because, gee, will your eyes pop when you see it? It's probably different from anything you've ever seen. So listen carefully while I tell you just how swell it is. It's big, even bigger than a regular drinking glass. And it's bright colored. Bright orange bottom part and a brilliant blue shaker top. And it's decorated with the official secret squadron insignia. There's a handsome embossed medallion, full one and three quarters inches across on the side of your mug, showing Captain Midnight's head, like the Lincoln head on a penny. Then, on the blue top, there's the Secret Squadron Pledge in raised letters. And to make sure you know just what it's like, let me explain. It's a two-in-one shake-up mug. There are two separate parts to it. When the top and bottom are put together, it's a shaker. And when you take the top off, why, the bottom's your own special drinking mug. But I guess maybe the best thing to do is show you just how it works. Now, the bottom part is a big, bright orange, eight-ounce special plastic container that holds all the ingredients of your Ovaltine shake-up drink. You put your cold milk in there, like this, and your cracked ice, and swell chocolate-flavored Ovaltine... Then you snap on that big blue shaker top and start shaking. Boy, oh boy, you can just feel it getting colder and frostier and creamier. Then, after shaking for about a half a minute, you pop off the top and presto, the shake-up mug turns into a regular eight-ounce drinking mug. And there's your genuine Captain Midnight shake-up, bubbly and frothy and delicious, all made for you in a jiffy and ready for you to drink right down. And say, think how swell those big, creamy, ice-cold Ovaltine shake-ups taste on a warm spring day. And how much fun it is to mix them up all by yourself in your own personal swell-looking shaker-up. And remember, you can use your shake-up mug for years because it isn't made of ordinary glass or breakable china, but of a special, sturdy, durable... Hard-to-break plastic. And here's the best news of all. You get your very own shake-up mug from Captain Midnight almost as a gift. You can't buy one in the stores at any price because they're not sold in stores. They're patented and made only for Captain Midnight and his Ovaltine drinking pals. Why, if we sold one to an outsider, our regular price for this big, handsome, two-piece shake-up mug would be 50 cents. But... You can have one for just 15 cents in coins and the label from your jar of Ovaltine. Now, to get your shake-up mug and enjoy those wonderful ice-cold creamy shake-ups, here's all you do. Just tear the label, the whole label from your jar of Ovaltine. Print your 
Name, address, city and state on the back of the label. Put the label in an envelope with 15 cents in coin and mail to Captain Midnight, Chicago, Illinois. Now, I'll repeat. Mail to Captain Midnight, Chicago, Illinois. But don't wait. Supplies of these swell shake-up mugs are limited, and I know you want to start enjoying those big, ice-cold, chocolatey shake-ups right away. So be sure you send in that Ovaltine label and 15 cents to Captain Midnight, Chicago, Illinois, this very night. And now, on with the action. The Stolen Star with Captain Midnight and the Secret Squadron. Yesterday, the Secret Squadron agents at last succeeded in escaping from the Forgotten Valley. We find them aboard the plane that rescued them. Chuck and Joyce are in the cabin, while Captain Midnight shares the flight deck with Icky and the pilot, SS-11, otherwise known as Kelly. Listen as Icky says sharply, Something Jupiter. What do you know about that? What, Icky? Just picked up a message, Captain. Something we probably ought to pay some attention to. Some word about sharks? No, nothing to do with old fish face. This is about a plane that's been reported missing. It was somewhere in this area, too. What sort of plane? A little two-seater. Flying for one of them private airlines that hauls freight between the States and South America. It was flying north from Georgetown, wherever that is. Oh, it's in British Guiana. Uh, Who sent out the message, Dickie? Transmitter in Merida, Yucatan. The crate was expected in there a couple hours ago for refueling, but it ain't showed. It might have run into bad weather. Only the guy says there wasn't no bad weather, Kelly. They figure maybe she's made a forced landing somewhere south of Merida. The last signals they got from her, she was over the Caribbean. Uh, how far off our course is that, Kelly? All depends, sir. I was planning to take the western route up over Honduras and Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. But we could cut off to the east and take the Caribbean route ourselves. That must have been the way this other bird was going. The guy in Merida says, will all planes in the area keep an eye open for him? Well, there probably aren't many planes in the area. What do you say, sir? Want me to change our course? Uh, yes, might as well, Kelly. We're in no great rush. We may be able to spot the fellow and lend him a hand. At any rate, it won't cost us a thing to try. Let's go downstairs, Kelly, and keep our eyes open. But Captain Midnight has no way of knowing that the missing plane carried a cargo for which, as the pilot put it, men will fight and die. It was just 30 miles south of Merida, you remember that the pilot and co-pilot saw the treetops rise up to meet them, and an instant later the plane struck the earth and burst into flames. Seeing the fire below, the man named Yates, who had been following at a safe distance, knew that his sinister scheme had worked. Swiftly, he landed his plane. And now, as he approaches the wreck, there is a grim smile of satisfaction on his face, and he tells himself triumphantly, <sighs> The boss can't have no beef about this job. Worked like a charm. All I gotta do is get in there and pick up the goods. Eh, I may have to wait till the flames die down, but that's all right. Fire won't hurt what I'm after. It's hot anyway. <laughs> Plenty hot. Hey, what is that? I thought I'd seen something move over there, but... Well, I'll... It's a guy crawling around on the ground. I better get my heater out. Hey, I need some help, Jack. Eh. He needs some help. That's a laugh. Who are you, pal? I, what are you doing here? I was piloting this crate when she cracked up. Ah, what do you give me? Nobody could have lived through that. Uh, just a brick. My door opened when we hit the trees. I got thrown clear. Oh, busted a leg, that's all. Yeah? You was alone in there? No. no my, my co-pilot's still inside. 
No use worrying about him, though. He's done it for. Look, Jack, if you'll take me to a hospital in Merida, I'll appreciate it. Yeah, I'd be likely to do that now, wouldn't I? Why not? You think I'd drop down here to play nursemaid? Well, I thought you saw the crack up. You thought wrong, pal. I've been tailing you all the way from Georgetown. I've been waiting for this. Holy smoke, it... You know me. Oh, I get it. That altimeter. I jimmied that altimeter myself before you took off. Why, you dirty... Easy, pal. We all got to make a living, don't we? And I'm going to make a pretty good one off of this job. Yeah? <laughs> Meaning you know what we were carrying, huh? That's what you're after. I ain't after it. I got it. All I have to do is walk into that mess and pick it up. What about me, Jack? Don't leave me lying here with a busted leg. No, I wouldn't do a thing like that, pal. Uh, that wouldn't be nice. I got something else in mind for you. I don't want to see you suffering. So I'm just going to put you out of your business. It is just three hours later when the secret squadron plane leaves the blue waters of the Caribbean behind and passing over the peninsula, crosses the southern border of the Mexican state of Yucatan. It is almost midnight now, and a bright moon is riding high in the cloudless heavens. Glancing up at it, he exclaims, Jumping Jupiter, Captain. Get a load of that moon up there. Making things almost as bright as day, isn't it? Yeah, there may be a break, Icky. Is that plane... Hold on a minute. See something, sir? I thought I did, just for a second. Icky, take a look out your window. Straight ahead of us and about... Golly, I see what you mean, Captain. Something in the treetops, kind of shiny, reflecting the moonlight. Catfish. Must look the same to you as it did to me, like the wing of a plane. That's exactly what it's like, Captain. A wing, just laying on them branches. Great Scott, sir. That's what it is. We're too late to be of much help. I'm afraid you're right, Kelly. We'll investigate nonetheless. Take her up a hundred feet. See if you can find any place to land. Okay, sir. And Nicky. Yeah, Captain. Radio our two escort planes. Tell them what we've seen. There's no need for them to land with us. They can go on to Washington if they like. We'll meet them there. SS-19 is to explain to Major Steele why we've been delayed. And so it is that the secret squadron plane taxis across the same grassy field where a few hours before, the sinister figure called Yates climbed out to claim his ill-gotten gains. At midnight, an SS-11 and Ichabod Mud moved swiftly toward the spot where they saw the fragment of the crippled craft. But by now, the flames have died out, and even when they are within only a few yards of the wreckage, Icky exclaims, I don't see a darn thing, Captain. Maybe we just imagined that wing up in the trees. No, I don't think so, Icky. There was something there, all right. Something that glistened in the moonlight. It wasn't a wing. I don't know what it was. Well, there's a patch of woods over here on our left, sir. That's what it must have been. Yeah, those are almost the only trees around. Golly, this is plenty desolated country, in it? A guy could crack up here and nobody know nothing about it for a month. Right, Icky. Let's turn our flashlights on. Yeah. That moon's stuck behind some clouds. If there's anything over here, sir, we ought to be able to see it pretty soon. We're almost at the edge of the woods. Yeah, if we don't find nothing inside a couple of minutes, we'll know. What's the matter, Icky? Tripped over something in the grass here. Must have been a... <gasps> Holy suffering catfish. Captain, look. Good heavens, what? see... He's in a pilot's uniform, sir. Yes. He must have been flying the plane. Looks like he was thrown clear of it when it crashed. He... Dead, isn't he, Captain? I'm afraid he is, Icky. Wait, I'll make sure. Oh, poor guy. Such a heck of a way to end up. Out here in a forsaken place like this. Imagine what a feeling that must be all of a sudden. Bingo, something goes wrong and you're done for. It's bad, Icky. But it's better than the way this man went. Huh? What do you mean, sir? I mean that he wasn't killed in the plane crash. He wasn't? 
I don't get you, Captain. Maybe dead. Yes, he's dead, all right. But he was piloting the plane, sir. Apparently he was, yes. Well, then, he did die in the crash. No, Ricky. He died either before it or after it. He was murdered. Murdered? Chopper. Chopper, why do you say that, Captain? Look for yourself. His body's riddled with bullets. Well, for... Well, I'll be... Now, how will I have to figure that one, Captain? I don't know, Ricky. I can't figure it. But there must be an explanation somewhere. Looks like we've stumbled into something, huh, sir? Certainly does, Kelly. Something very mysterious. I'd like to know what it is. In fact, I have a good notion I'm going to try and find out. Well, by a strange quirk of fate, Captain Midnight has come upon the only evidence that would prove the plane crash was something more than an accident. The bullet-riddled body of the pilot. Did Yates find the precious cargo in the metal box? Did he succeed in stealing it? What is this thing that has already caused the death of two men? Where will the trail lead the secret squadron agents? Don't miss tomorrow's thrill-packed adventure. Motive for murder. They'll be sure to send in tonight for that big orange and blue two-piece shake-up mug you need to make those wonderful ice-cold chocolatey Captain Midnight shake-ups. Think of the fun you'll have mixing up your own Captain Midnight shake-ups whenever you want. And... Think how swell those ice-cold, creamy shake-ups taste on a warm spring day. Now, remember, you can't buy a Captain Midnight shake-up mug like this in the stores, and our regular price would be 50 cents. But you get yours almost for the asking if you're an Ovaltine drinking friend of Captain Midnight. So do this tonight. Simply tear the whole label from your jar of Ovaltine. Print your name, street address, city and state, on the back of the label. Put it in an envelope along with just 15 cents in coin. Then mail to Captain Midnight, Chicago, Illinois. And Captain Midnight will send you your own personal shake-up mug almost by return mail, but don't delay. Supplies of these swell new shake-up mugs won't last long. Send in tonight for sure. This offer is limited to fellas and girls who live in the United States. Captain Midnight was played by Ed Prentice. Icky was played by Sherman Mark. Tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station to Captain Midnight. Until then, this is your old team announcer, Tom Moore, saying goodbye and happy landing. This program was transcribed earlier from the Mutual Eastern Network for presentation to West Coast listeners at this more favorable hour. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System.